Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I am your host, Coach TJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Miss Princess Cooper, and we're at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. We're here for one hour, so buckle up as we have some nuanced conversations with our new growing community. I'm so happy for all the love that I've been receiving um, via email, via text, um, uh, homing pigeons. I've been getting I've been getting it all, uh, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and once again, I would like to thank you for the opportunity and everything that you do behind the board and making um, this happen, folks. If you're just tuning into us for the first time and you don't know anything about um, Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio, we got a award-winning lineup. So it's not just me; it's the whole engine behind me that, that makes me go. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out before we uh, before we get started. Um, Princess, uh, do you have any thoughts to add on that? You know, um, I love it when you say we're at the crossroads. That means so much. There's so many different ways we can go with that, and I like where life and sports intersect. Yeah, you know, um, I'm so, we're excited to have you on the platform. I, I think it brings us instant credibility, so thank you for being a part of it. We have a lot of moving parts and a lot of great things coming down um, on the schedule. And um, Thomas just happens to be one of the best things a part, part of this. Um, a shout-out to Regina Johnson um, in Woodland, Texas, suburb of Houston. She'll be joining us soon. Ooh, and wow. then we will, we will have some more announcements coming. So, um, But thank you. Thank you for allowing me to talk about that. I'm ready to get started. All right. We're ready for some nuanced conversations. I'm, I'm going to start it off, Princess, with a quote here. Never tolerate anything in a win that you wouldn't in a loss. Never tolerate anything in a win that you wouldn't in a loss. And this goes out to you, Travis Kelsey. What you did in the, in the, um, in the second quarter to your coach, did not be tolerated. And the things that I thought about um, today as I was preparing my notes, and I've heard a lot of commentators, you know, um, just brush over, like he's passionate. He's, um, he cares so much. And the, and the narrative, you, I didn't even really hear the commentators uh, really speak about it when it was happening in real time during the Super Bowl. But the one thing we do know that our youth, take their cues from from the professionals. So when something's tolerated just because they are a star player and they make things happen, that doesn't mean that it's good behavior and it should be done. And the fact that he got up in Andy Reid's personal space and practically almost pushed him over, he had to almost hold him up as he was pushing him because he he was so close to him, and, like, I can't believe yeah. there's not a national <clears throat> buzz. But the one thing I will say, and, Princess, I, I, and I think you know, if this was some other players in the National Football League, 
the commentary will probably have been different, even though the players could have been just as productive. Now, maybe Kelsey only had one catch because that was Steve Wilkes in the 49ers defense that caused some disruption. And, and Brock Purdy had to go elsewhere with the ball. So it wasn't like Purdy wasn't – I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I'm thinking about Purdy and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> at the same time. That that Patrick Mahomes had to go elsewhere, you know, so and get him being passionate and fired up, but, but it's definitely the wrong thing to do and the wrong message, and it should have been covered more because something like that can't help it again. I, I've heard his brother um, that plays for the Eagles, um, Jason, got on him after the game because that mm. can't happen again. And that can only come back to bite him as he gets older. So it raises the question, if that's done in front of the camera, what's going on beyond the scenes that we don't know? Well, here's my take, and I'm going to probably be a little bit different um, in that I, I have been a Travis Kelsey groupie for quite some time. Um, with that being said, though, I, I thought that was beyond um, what he needed to do. I, I I would have been offended by that if I had been the coach. And I thought that Andy Reid handled it well and said that he just caught him off guard, but that's the passion, whatever, whatever. But I, I right. thought that Kelsey crossed the line. Um, but I also thought, thinking about it, that he was feeling the pressure. And I don't know if he was feeling the pressure um, um, from on the field or for whom that was up in the skybox. But let's just exactly. take on the field. Um, on the field, I thought he had talked so much junk. And so, you know, and and, um, and, and I thought he needed to back that up. And, and as of the second quarter, they had not backed that up at all. So then here comes the pressure from the skybox, and he's sitting with one catch and two yards or, um, you know, or two catches and one yard. I thought he felt that, and he wanted to make sure he was putting on the show for everybody that was new to the game that considers himself Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I thought that right. was um, uh, the motivation behind all of that, and I, and I thought he was wrong. Now, behind the scenes in the clubhouse, I personally feel that Andy Reid allows them, they say all the time, he'll let, he lets us be us. And I think that's part of why he's successful. He lets the inmates run the, the asylum. Um, and for the most part, it's organized chaos, and it seems to work for them. But I thought Kelsey crossed the line, but I thought he was feeling the pressure from up in the skybox more and the pressure of all the talk, you know, junkies he said. He kept saying repeat, and, you know, even before the game, they were saying three-peat. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourselves. <laughs> And a lot to have to back up in support. Um, But, again, I say all of that to say, you know, I've been a Kelsey groupie for quite some time. I I was disappointed that he left Kayla for for Taylor, but I'm over that. Um, I I want to see him succeed. I'm never never over that, Prince. (laughs) I don't don't want to get into it, you know, why I'm not over it. But I understand, you know, wink, wink. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. The, the money and the riches, I get it. It makes anyone, it makes everyone look attractive. And I like her music. Yep. I don't know if that was um, 
It was, it's not my. I don't know anything that ago. Taylor Swift sings. I don't know anything <laughs> that Taylor Swift sings. Now I've probably seen, you know, flashes of her performances more now because they're on NFL.com or they're on ESPN, and we have to kind of pan to it or. We have a tracker of her coming back from Tokyo to make sure, you know, that she's back in time for the Super Bowl. So I've seen more of Taylor Swift since this than I've ever seen before. Um, and I think that the NFL is fine with that. And for a long time, oh. I wasn't, you know. Um, they, they've encouraged it. I wonder how far this is going to go, you know. But um, for the most part, I like their interaction after the Super Bowl, and I'm trying to not be like I'm the jilted girlfriend that, and I have to kind of <laughs> carry the, 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 the torch for all my other black sisters out there. I'm trying to do better, um, for sure. But um, I thought he was wrong, but admittedly, just for you, I'm getting some therapy. I've been a Kelsey groupie. And I'm a, I, I like Jason Kelsey, too. I liked him when he was at Cincinnati. I mean, I like the Jason Kelsey story. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. many, it's not many um, people that can swallow their ego. I mean, at Cincinnati, he, was, he, has, he has some run-ins. He was suspended for a year. He came back. Hey, I didn't know that. If you, if you still want to play on the team, we're going to have to move from quarterback because we're already deep here. And he moved to tight end in the, in the rest of history. This guy is, is a bona fide Hall of Famer, so he's been a role model. You said Jason for, Kelsey, for, so that's why I got confused. I'm sorry, I mean, Travis. I'm sorry. Travis, Travis Kelsey. Travis okay. Kelsey had had to run okay. in at, at at Cincinnati. He was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Had to run in. Came back to the team as a tight end. So not that many kids could actually take that and strive, and then go hmm. on and and improve and get better at a, at a different position on an offense like that. So that yeah. tells you about the character and the work ethic. So when you, when you see something like this, and you're absolutely right, the pressure is on, and I just hope that this attention is not getting to his head where, hey, I can do some things now because I'm bringing all this attention and the NFL, you know, needs me. Because the NFL numbers, eyeballs on Super Bowl this year was up from previous years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know that the NFL is America's most popular sport. So for the most popular sport, for more eyeballs to view this Super Bowl than any other Super Bowl, more revenue was made from this Super Bowl than any other Super Bowl, says something. And you're right. The Taylor Swift effect does bring new eyeballs worldwide to the Super Bowl because she has so many, so many, so many fans out there. So I just I, – I haven't seen uh, him offer a statement. I don't, I don't think. I don't know if you saw it. But, you know, we, they always have to remember that the next generation of kids are watching, and we don't want the bad habits, you know, in the youth game, high school, or – or college, especially now in college where you may have players making just as much as a coach depending on the school. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely happening um, around the world for sure. As a matter of fact, um, you know, Arch Manning, the the backup for the Texas Longhorns, um, you know, came in as a high school recruit um, making almost $4 
um, in NIL deals as a freshman, and he never when well, I never he saw the field in some in some mop up duty a couple of times. So, and I noted that rivals um, what Sarkeesian is making. So, um, for sure, I think he's been making more than Quint Ewers, the starting quarterback. Exactly, that is correct. <laughs> so, so that dynamic right there. Um, is is crazy, but that's a whole nother um, conversation. And believe me, we're going to get into that on the crossroads. We're going to bring in some experts to have that nuanced conversation um, with the community uh, regarding NIL deals. Um, so that's something that we're definitely going to tackle here. Um, but overall, I was really uh, I was really pleased with the Super Bowl. Um, and I forgot to mention Princess. I just wanted to give a quick not a quick, but a moment of silence to everyone that was affected by um, the tragedy tra- tragedy in Kansas City with the mass shooting. Um, all too often, this is becoming American culture. It's, it seems like every month, you know, um, different areas, different cities around the country are being affected by these acts of terrorism. And I, I hope there's an emphasis put on mental health. There's an emphasis put on gun control because it doesn't matter if it's one life lost or multiple lives lost. One is too many. One gunshot yeah. victim, whether they walk away from it, it changes them for the, for the rest of their lives. And even for the people that were not injured, now being in crowds, you know, causes an issue as well. The way um, parades in this country, whether it's the Rose Bowl parade, whether it's the uh, the Mummers in Philadelphia, you name the celebration, extra precautions now are going to have to be added, you know, because of that. So I don't – so, it, you know, look what happened in – in Vegas the, at the Country Western Conference a, a few years back, guys shooting from the hotel room, you know, changed the way that we do outdoor concerts forever. You know, same, oh, yeah. you know, same thing here. So once again, uh, prayers definitely going up to all the fans and families that were affected by this. Just know here at the crossroads where life and sports intersect, I mean, you guys are definitely with us. And, I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but I am a fan of fans. And all I can say is, wow, I, I was really speechless just watching everything unfold in real time. Your thoughts, Princess? I was speechless, too, um, Thomas. I'm horrified. As a matter of fact, um, I rarely watch those parades, those championship parades, but for some reason it came up on my Twitter timeline while I was working on another client's um, information. I said, okay, well, let me click onto it. I got in there. And um, so I was there for before it started. But I did click off it when they got to the, the stage and because and, I moved on to some something else. But um, to hear um, that there was a shooting was, I'm like, oh, my goodness. No, it wasn't. Not at the parade. But, and I hope that I never become Thomas uh, desensitized to this because we had it earlier in the week at a church or early right. on, on Sunday 
you know, um, and now this isn't the first parade. There was a Christmas parade where there was a, a mass shooting. Um, I, I implore those in the position of elected officials that we put our stamp on, our vote on, to do something. We've got to do something about gun control. Okay, besides all of that, too, um, the young lady that passed, um, condolences to the family, condolences and prayers for those that have been affected and saw such horror. And right. there were 11 children shot. And now they've charged two juveniles, two juveniles for the shooting. 22 shot, one dead, 11 of those were children. And we have children out here with guns acting like adults and settling their differences with guns. Let's do better, America. Um, our, our souls need to be saved better than this. And, you know, another thing, too, when you, uh, when you talk about Princess, um, the people that are in office, if the people in office refuse to do the job, that's when our voices have, you know, we can lift up our voices and, and get mobile. Uh, the great Joe Madison used to say, um, what are you going to do about it? And what are you going to do about it is register people to vote, you know, get out there and get your point across and primary people to run against the folks that are not doing something and get them in the office that will. You know, I understand I understand that folks in office could have other obligations and why they're not voting for certain bills. And if you know that, don't keep them there. You know, every, exactly. every two years there's, there's an election. There's, there's, a, there's an election for the Senate and, and, um, and Congress, and there's a presidential election. So people are coming and going, and, you know, at the two-year mark, people are coming and going at the four-year mark. So... To me, you know, we control this, so everyone has has a role to play if they want to, if they want to see change. I mean, I'm just tired of talking right now. You know, I'm ready for folks, and it is a call to myself to do something to do something about it because this can't this can't continue in our country because the country won't have a future, and I love this country too darn much to let yeah. it keep going down this I like path. That. Coach Joe Madison, for sure, what are you going to do about it, Thompson? I know we could talk about this for more than an hour, but I understand that we're standing on the shoulders of so many of our ancestors that were forced to to guess how many marbles were in a jar or jelly beans were in a jar. Just to vote. We have the power to change things, you know, and and our vote is a part of our voice and our power. Let's use it. Let's not just talk about it. And let's get out and register others. You know, I... I do a radio show at the barbershop, and I found out I could register to vote. Um, those in the barbershop while I was there, I got those forms and registered people to vote. And it's just that simple. You can go get the forms, set up a place, and I don't care if you don't do but 10 a day. That's 10 more. And implore people to use their voice and their power to vote. Absolutely. Uh, Princess, this was really heavy. I'm glad this ran us into our first break. And, folks, we got more fire coming right after the break on the crossroads with Life and Sports Intersect. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. 
Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. Hello, and we're back at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. Once again, I am your host, Coach TJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Miss Princess Cooper. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to be with you tonight, Thomas. Well, absolutely, and we're happy to broadcast live and do this for you, as always. I can't tell you enough how thankful we are to be able to bring this to you every Friday night between 6 and 7 p.m. Princess, we're going to get into some more Super Bowl talk before we move on. I just wanted to touch on um, Steve Wilkes. And I've never seen anyone get fired. He's leading the side of the ball in every statistical category, or he's tied, or he's, or he's no lower than third. You know, get fired after leading a team to the Super Bowl. Even though they lost, in a, in a loss, he held a high-power offense to a low, where Kansas City did not look like Kansas City in that first half. And Andy Reid and Spagnola have a way of playing possum to see what you're going to do first, and then they make the adjustments at halftime. They pretty much have done that all year long, play possum with people. So... You know, even though I didn't pick um, the the uh, I didn't pick the Chiefs to win, but actually watch everything unfold, it didn't surprise me. Seeing him get fired after the game, you know, did surprise me. And now things are coming out that the philosophies didn't match up. Um, and I was like, okay, he's just won a job. You know, everything was in place when he got there, so it's not like he did a lot of hiring when it, when it comes to his assistants, his analysts, and position coaches and everything else that comes with taking that type of role in that, in, that side, in that side of the ball. So it's going to be a bit quirky at first. You know, he's used to being up top. Shanahan moved him down to be on the field so he's more accessible, which is kind of not his style, but he adjusted to it. And even though there were some close calls, you know, throughout the year, to still navigate your way to a Super Bowl and, and have and called and called a necessary plays for your defense to come up to come up clutch in key moments and to be let go. And Wilkes has been in situations where it's been a, it's been you know, with fortune hasn't been good fortune hasn't been on his side so to speak. You know, he's blessed to be in that position that, that he's in. You know, we talked about yesterday on Brittany's show that he definitely should have been the coach in Carolina, just like Antonio Pierce is the coach, you know, with the Vegas Raiders. He was in the same type of situation and got and got passed over. Maybe that's a blessing with the mess that's going on in Carolina right now. Hopefully 
is cleaned up now. But I I I I I don't I don't understand I don't understand it. And I just hope that this man gets a opportunity, he's able to get on the staff and he's able to and he's and he's able to get a chance at being somewhere permanent where he can really install his system and show what he um what he can do. And it raises an eyebrow because we see so many people that have failed over and over and over again that get opportunity. Maybe I'm crazy. Princess, please talk me off a ledge. Let me know that I am crazy or I'm, or I'm spot on. I, I, like I said, I just, I just need some, I just need some clarity. You're my therapist right now. Help me out here. <laughs> I really do think that you're spot on in a, in a lot of things here. But I want to say that my disappointment actually goes back to last year when I thought he should have been retained um, after being an right. interim coach and have a winning record I'm down the stretch with the Carolina Panthers and doing a lot with a little. So, But then he gets an opportunity to um, come to San Francisco after D'Amico Ryan's interviews with the Texans, and they say, hey, we have our guy. Um, and then he has the third best defense, scoring defense, in, in, in the NFL this year. But I can also say, Thomas, that I don't think it comes down to this moment, although I think maybe Shanahan used this as a scapegoat to get everybody talking about somebody, somebody else um, because I thought he made some mistakes in this game. But I also thought that this was coming, and there were some adjustments made midseason throughout the season. There was even, you know, um, a coverage that, that, that Shanahan didn't like in the game, I think, in the third or fourth quarter, where he, he called a timeout and went to Wilson and said, no, that's not the coverage I want. I don't think they ever really got along. I don't think that their styles ever missed. I don't think and, – and a lot of San Francisco fans were calling for his head much um, – Throughout the season, especially on that two or three um, game stretch where I think they lost, um, you know, two or three in a row, they went on a tough stretch. There. They were calling for Wilkes' head there. But let's get down to, you know, John Lynch and, and, and Shanahan meet and, you know, try to do an after-action review and talk about where they are. Um, and I'm sure that they went through this. And um, I'm sure that this was one of the decisions that he was going to do. I just don't think he liked him. Um, but at this point, I'd rather they let him go than to keep him as a lame duck in a position where nobody's happy and he's not able to flourish and get better. Um, and I'm a firm believer that when one door closes, another one opens, and maybe he'll, you know, find himself as um, a position coach and then get back to coordinator and get back to a head coach. But I think that Steve Wilkes went from being a head coach back to being a coordinator, and I, I thought that was disappointing. And it was probably yeah. disappointing to him, um, disappointing to him. And it's amazing. I will say this too, Thomas, that we as African Americans, we not only have to show our educational worth or our knowledge or our, our ability to handle the position, but we have to do a song and a dance, you know, and 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 make all of that work in order to stay and to thrive and maybe get promoted. Um, so it looks bad, and I think the 49ers have some culpability, but I don't think it came down to the Super Bowl. I think it was coming down either way. I, I really do, whether they win or lost, won or lost, I thought that Shanahan and he did not mesh. And I thought that Wilkes didn't try to go try to, you know, 
um, okay, boss, so what you want now and all that kind of stuff. Wilkes was Wilkes. And, and right. I thought what he did was good enough, um, way better than what, 29, 28 other teams, you know. So, right. and I like what you and Brittany had to say last night. And if he was not doing as well as they thought, it was his first year. You don't get a second year to try to iron some some of this out. Um, I thought he was used as a scapegoat, but I thought it was coming anyway. Well, you know what? You talked me off the ledge, and I and I thank you. Um, please, uh, <laughs> please send me your bill for that therapy because you know what? <laughs> if they would have won and they would have fired him, oh my God, I would have had a whole rank. <laughs> and I think all of America would have been like puzzled. I think everybody in sports media would have been going off even more if he's fired after yeah. a win. Like, like what? <laughs> wow. Hey, folks, we're going to get into something a little more lighthearted now. This is a portion of the show where, you know, we can let our hair down and really talk and laugh and, once again, be in community and conversations. Um, this week started uh, with Mike Epps talking about Shannon yeah. Sharp <laughs> doing his doing his comedy routine and questioning his zesty outfits. That um, they are a little they are a little tight. They are kind of young, you know. Um, and even Saturday Night Live has made has made fun of them. So it's it's open, but when you joke about someone. And you could be joking, but it's never about um, the joke. It's how a person feels and how they take it. And I, I honestly hate to open forum sometimes, but I'm a firm believer what what's done in public to stay in public. So I, I do believe that Shannon had to address him in public, and then Mike addressed him back. Then by Wednesday, um, by Wednesday night on, on, on the show, on Club Shay Shay's show, with, uh, not Club Shay Shay, on Nightcap, Shannon talked about the interaction. They actually talked. They were exchanging messages back and forth. By Thursday, they met in person because Shannon is there in his hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana, for this weekend's All-Star Game. So they talked in person. They took pictures together. So everything is good. So I am glad to see two black men able to come to some type of resolution and shake hands and let bygones be let bygones be bygones. But the one thing Shannon did say, because Mike wanted to continue to play it up, you know, for clicks and likes, and Shannon was like, "Whoa, this is at my expense. <laughs> we can't, we can't, we can't have this." You know, that's right. You know, you know, it'd be one thing if I was this, if I was that way. Hey, that's one thing, but but I'm not, and I, and I can't have this on my brand. Shannon's at a level where certain things can't be can't be said about him, and he can't be engaged in certain types of behavior either. But it's hard for a man, especially an athlete, to be an athlete that Shannon was. And, and other athletes of the same elk are like that, they have very large egos. And the only way they know how to deal with something is head on. But Shannon just has to remember now that he's 
that he has a bigger role in society now, and he has to be able to dial it back. And I think that will come with time. But um, once again, I am glad some type of resolution um, came about and cool, you know, and cool heads prevailed on, on, on all, all parties. Uh, what were your thoughts in, in seeing this, Princess? I know you were laughing when you were seeing the comments on social media. Listen, um, I, I get a chance. I, you know what? I don't think I've read many comments on social media. I watched um, Shannon Sharp with um, Chad. Um, gosh, okay, I'll just say Ocho Cinco. I, I, I got a chance <laughs> to see <laughs> see them. And Shannon Sharp was mad, and he used mofo a couple of times. Mofo. Um, and he's not a, he's not he, a good person. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> And I don't know if he's ever used that, you know, on live on air. But he, you know, he pointed to the camera, and then Ocho Cinco was like, "Hey, whatever, whoever it is, let's go, let's get him." You know, yeah, that was a, and that's then, the wrong person to have. You know, you trying to you trying to calm things down. I don't think he knew what was going on. It was that was. Ocho he didn't have it. a clue <laughs> who he was talking about. He said, "I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm ready to go. Let's ride." You know, um, and then to see. Mike Epps, who is one of my favorites of all time and all about the Benjamins. Um, that's probably one of oh, my yes. movies yeah. I love the, mo- the most. Um, but he did a video laying down in bed. And I, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just being a little bit too picky <laughs> yes, here. And and he said, you know, he, he talked about several things, but he said, hey, man, I ain't hard to find. And he said, and I don't fight anymore. I don't handle yeah. fight, you know, disagreements blankety, that blankety, way. Blankety. Oh my, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that I'm bringing sound, something, and I'm going to go. Sound, yeah, but he was, <laughs> so he fired back like I ain't backing down, and I'll be in the same city where you are. I'll see you when I see you. So I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, you know, but Mike Epps took the opportunity after shooting back at Shannon Shop to say, I got a special on Netflix on February 18th. Make sure to do it. You know, after, you know, he gets his name mentioned in the algorithm because, you know, controversy with Shannon Sharp, I got a special coming up. It's automatically going to flag the algorithm. It's going to push it, going to push it even further because of the controversy. Mm-hmm. Now people want to see what you want to say. So, but the thing is, when you do stuff like that, and there's, and we know that there's so many outside hanger owners that may want to do something to be in Shannon Sharp's favor, that want to may do something to be in Mike Epps' favor. Then you got to be careful when waging war like that in public, because it it can get messy, you know, quick. You know, so well. I thought that got messy quick, but I thought it was purposeful on Mike Epps' side. He got exactly what he wanted, uh, a temporary disagreement with Shannon Sharp and all of us going, oh, my goodness, oh, in, in, in all of the comments uh, on on social media. Um, and then he gets a photo shoot with, 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 with Shannon Sharp at the, you know, at the All-Stars. They, they got there yesterday and, and met and talked and whatever. So I think that was purposeful. That's exactly what Mike Epps wanted because he did inbox Shannon Sharp and said, hey, man, you forgot about me. And But then he, you know, kind of laughed it off. But um, Mike Epps wanted 
um, you know, some type of um, role in all of this too. Yeah, recognition. Right. I like that. You know, he wanted some too, and he got some. You know, oh, luckily he, he it didn't got, last I, as I, long I, as this Cat Williams, but he got a little bit, and maybe he's okay with that now. Well, I don't think he he expected the, the response that Shannon gave. That oh, exactly. Was, I, I, you know, sometimes be careful what you ask for. If Shannon, mm-hmm. Shannon said it, hey, I'm going to send you something special delivery. We're shipping and handling. Mm-hmm. You want to get it. <laughs> I was like, where does Shannon come up with these Shannon Shop also alluded to that, you know, he said, I get it. And I don't, I've heard all of the talks that I'm gay and I'm this and I'm that. He said, oh, I can handle all of that. I hadn't heard that one. So, Shannon, you revealed something to me. I didn't know that people were out there talking about your sexuality or yeah, your sexual preference. Yeah. I hadn't heard he that. Shows up, he shows up, you know, with his new stylist, and then he got into a public spat with his old stylist. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> those those rumors have those rumors and whispers, those screams have been out there for a minute. But I do hate that when you have a successful black man, you start with the whispers. You know, that, oh, he's in Hollywood. Oh, this got to be going on. That got to be going on. Like, yo, why are you trying to tear him down? And whatever Shannon decides to do with his bedroom. His business, period. Yeah. So I think yeah. that part of it has to stop because what are we getting out of knowing? Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm a little bit disappointed, but I get it. You know, jokes and jokes are made. You know, Mike Epps wouldn't be a comedian. He's doing his job. He's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I think. Um, once again, you know, we have to be careful in today's climate, and it's a shame that comedians can't do what they used to do. Back in the day, if Martin did that to somebody, nobody would have cared. We would have died laughing, story moves on, and that's it. Nowadays, different time, social media. The story never goes away. Listen, when Mike Epps put that part in his dialogue and said, hey, Shannon Sharp's calling me, he wants me to come do Shay Shay. He knew what he was going to get. He knew he knew exactly when he put it in his dialogue and was going over it. And and or let's just say he didn't put it in his dialogue and he said it out on stage before he knew it. He knew once he got back to his dressing room what that was going to start, and he wasn't afraid of what that was going to do. As a matter of fact, he welcomed it because he knew it, at least for two or three days he would be the topic, and they were. He was. And he got something out of it. And you can't tell me that they didn't make a deal at some point once they met yesterday or at least had some concessions amongst sure, each other. Sure, um, they, you know? sure they did. Come on. Exactly. Absolutely they did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, move, moving off of that and going into some more foolishness, tonight's celebrity <laughs> game uh, between Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp are, are the celebrity coaches. Who do you have uh, with this? I'm looking at Team Shannon, Micah Parsons, um, Connor Daly, um, Quincy Isaiah, um, Jewel Lloyd from the Seattle Storm. Um, you have U-Tuner Kylie. Uh, wow, Kylie sent it. You have Dylan Wong. I don't know who that is. Um, Lily Singh, um, singer-songwriter. 
um, Sarah, country, country western singer, Walker Hayes, and Latin singer, wow, Elton A.A. Like <laughs> some, some of these names, wow. I sound like my old teacher, like butchering names on the first on the first day of, on the first day of school. But uh, what do you expect with the, with the celebrity game? Are you, are you Team Shannon, Team Steven? Oh, if I'm gonna pick, it's gonna be Team Shannon. I, I, I stopped being a, a a Stephen A. just enthusiast a while ago. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Team Shannon, and I don't know any of these people hardly that you mentioned. Um, which team is 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 uh, Kevin Hart on? Oh, he's he's not participating this year. Oh, he's not participating this year. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm going Team Shannon. I wanna yes. just watch it and see, you know, um, and 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 see where we are. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I just kind of want to see it. But if I have to pick, I'm Team Shannon. Yeah, I can't wait to see them two, you know, fake argue on the sideline. That that's gonna be funny. I know somebody somebody's gonna get a fake technical. It'll probably be Steven it probably be Steven <laughs> A. Smith gonna get a technical tonight. So, um I'm looking forward to seeing that in a few. Um going over to some NBA talk. And as we move forward, we're gonna start getting to more NBA um talk. You know, on the crossroads with life and sports intersect. Now that football, well, football is never over, but this is the time of year where NBA becomes king because now we're inching towards the playoffs where every game matters. So all eyeballs will be glued on the NBA. But when it, when a report came out um, early this week that there was a proposed trade on the table between the LA Lakers and the um, Golden State Warriors that the owners had already talked, and and it got to Jeannie Buss, you know, talking to LeBron and his representation, Rich Paul, and LeBron was like, no. Um, but I was surprised that this even made it out in, into um, into the media where they're talking about it, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that go on that we never hear about. So I wonder why this is out. But what if you are the folks – from Golden State that was going to be sent to L.A. What if you're Wiggins? What if you are? Um, what if you're Clay? And some other picks. I mean, other players on the Warriors say, "What? You were shitting me off? Doesn't that doesn't look good for the Warriors? What, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? I, I don't know who released the story. I mean." You know, if the Lakers, you know, released it, you know, they're playing chess because that, that's weakens, you know, one of their rivals. But if some anonymous source did it, you know, um, shame on you. But I, I think this is a, a, non, a non-story, especially now in the season. This was the off season. It's a big deal. But right now, it's not. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I was surprised to hear it, um, and and I was happy that that LeBron said no, I'm not interested. But um, it made me also think though that um, wow, what you know, because LeBron and Draymond Green are you know are, are buddies. As a matter of fact, I think they went to the Super Bowl together. 
there were three Correct. different couples, and they went to the Super Bowl together. So, and they're they're really good friends. Steph is a friend, um, but I wondered what was going to be the payment. And when I say the payment, if you're getting LeBron, what are you giving up? Um, and did that include Clay Thompson? So, um, you know, but I, I'm glad that LeBron turned it down. I was I'm under the understanding that it was Jeannie Buss's right hand woman. Um, I don't want to say right hand man because it's another woman, and she actually told the story. She didn't leak it. Um, she answered some questions and put it out there. Um, and and if she did it, from my understanding, that means that Jeannie Buss approved for her to do it. And, right. and now that the deadline was over, they wanted to put that out there that the Warriors were interested, and LeBron said no, and so did the Lakers. So, you know, that's where we are. But I give the, the Warriors, uh, you know, um, an A for trying, for the effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you got LeBron to to the Warriors, that, that would definitely be a coup. That would definitely put them over top, over the top again. And it's just amazing that he's like the energy bunny. He keeps going and going. I mean, he's, he's approaching 40. And this man is still at the top of his game. So I don't think we'll ever be another LeBron James. He, he's, yeah. he's one of he's one of one. I mean, the yeah. longevity of the injury, injuries is amazing. Yeah, I don't know if, if Michael Jordan played all five positions. but um, and, and maybe Magic Johnson did at one time, too. I thought Magic Johnson was yeah, Magic. just like um, – I thought he was a, a different animal for sure, um, and being six eight and playing point guard. The first, I think, I think he brought on that type of body for a point guard because all of the ones I remember were Nate Archibald and, and that type of. That's how I grew up. You know, your yeah, point well, guard was probably the shortest Oscar, on the team. Oscar Robinson was Magic type at 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 about six, like six between six five and six seven. Everyone, you know, the big O mm-hmm. was, you know, was was a standard, and, and Magic Johnson has kind of elevated, you know, what um, what Oscar oh, yeah. Robertson was doing, but you know, my, you know, Magic is still one of one, being six eight six nine, and being able to do what he do what he did, and you can only imagine what, oh, yeah. what Magic would have would have been if his if his time in the NBA wasn't cut short by that deadly disease AIDS. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we are a compilation of our decisions, and he made some poor decisions <laughs> back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> yeah, and, I think I think, I think everybody back there was making poor decisions. You know, you know that the Showtime Lakers were, were more than good basketball. It was definitely Showtime after the games. Yeah, you know, and 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 they eventually recapped some of that. You know, being in a room with a hundred women, um, I I don't blame them. I blame the women, but that's a whole nother two or three hour show Ooh. for sure. Um, oh my God! But I want to I want to get back to LeBron and the fact that at his age, this is where he is with this game, and his game is still um, above the rim. It's still you know no look passes, or he's got neither. I don't remember no look passes when he was with the Cleveland. Um, um, Cavaliers the first time, but how his game has grown, and to see that he's 132 points away from um, 
40,000, which no other player has done. I'm, I'm really proud of him overall on and off the court. And I'm just happy that, you know, he's still playing at this. I keep saying, too, I need to go see him as he gets closer. He was at in Charlotte a couple weeks ago, um, and um, I don't think they played, so I didn't feel bad. But they were in Atlanta, and he played. I got to go see him at least a couple more times because time is winding down to see yeah. this type of specimen. Um, Shaquille, at the end of his career, was very um, injury-prone and a lot of things. And so was Kobe at the end. I thought Kobe stayed probably one year too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I thought this year, uh, I know we're getting off subject, but I thought this year we'd probably see some things from LeBron. Okay, he's getting there. We're probably going to see a decline. Thank goodness that we haven't, and we're seeing um, some rare effect for sure. Thank you, LeBron James, for your contribution to basketball. Absolutely. For instance, I can't believe how fast time is winding down. So I quickly want to get into this. And I know, um, you know, Kevin Walker, if he's listening, I'm about to give a huge shout-out to the, to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> he said, you know, Coach, why, why are you doing that? Because over the last two years, the 49ers have been picking up two additional third-round picks because of the owner's rule with minority candidates. So, Basically, what the 49ers did, they basically, back-to-back years, they got two, two minorities from their organization went on to get um, head coaching jobs. So Robert Silas mm-hmm. first, and then um, D'Amico Ryan. So that brings yeah. me to my next point. You know, you know I, I know I said that I wasn't a Dan Quinn fan, but how he's um, filling out his coaching staff you know, with the commanders where he has eight black minority hires in key roles. So shout out to Josh Harris and Magic Johnson uh, from definitely um, doing some, keeping their promises that they said they were going to do. I know we were upset that the enemy didn't get the role, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, t- the staff they're, they're putting together is, is really impressive and is not low-level position. So Dan Quinn has surrounded himself with some, with some up-and-comers. So from afar, I may have to start looking at the commanders just because I, I, I love that. I love the diversity, you know, in the game. So, yeah. and so that develops your next pipeline of leaders. Um, what are your, your thoughts on the commanders? I know we're both Cowboys fans, but we can admire, you know, when good things happen, you know, from afar. Well, I liked Dan Quinn for a long time, and and I really liked him when he was defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators, which was just, I don't know, a one- or two-year stop. And then I think he became the head coach. Um, gosh, I think he was head coach in Atlanta. Am I am I missing that? I think he was. Um, yeah, he, and then uh, he, Shanahan was his offensive coordinator when he lost that Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I ain't going to talk about so, that. Exactly. But um, I, I didn't like the fact that Quinn was in trying to take some – some, some people with him from Dallas, which you had to expect some of that, and he did. But, um, you know, everybody that's played for Dan Quinn really likes him, um, especially all the defensive players. So um, I don't like to see the success for the commanders who, of course, are in the same um, division as the Cowboys, Eagles, and uh, who else, the Giants. But, you know, right. it is what it is. 
Um, and congratulations to them. It'll make me pay attention for sure to the commanders. I want to see how how they do and how they come out of the gate. I want to see what um, Chris Kingsbury does as an OC and what does that mean for who gets, you know, Caleb Williams. Um, are the commanders making calls to the to the Bears, and are the Bears answering any of these calls? Are they making any kind of decisions? I, I want to see how that plays off, plays out in the combine, and then on to you know the pro days at the individual universities, and of course then ending with the draft. I want to see how all that plays out. Um, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Um, the key hires that stuck out, you know, Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. But Anthony Lynn um, is is the is is the um, the offensive run game coordinator, and Brian Johnson, former with the Eagles, is assistant head coach and passing game coordinator. So those two pickups right there with Anthony Lynn, he know he didn't get the fair shake. He he deserved in, in L.A. with the yeah. L.A. Chargers, and I, I believe that Brian Johnson didn't get the shake he deserved with the Philadelphia Eagles this season. I think he was made he was to me he was made the scapegoat. I think it's a lot it was a lot more problems than um than Brian Johnson and his play calling based upon what they had and the amount of injuries that was going on. If Jalen Hurts would have been at hundred percent, Brian Johnson is still the coordinator with the Eagles, in my belief. Well, I, I thought that that Losing both your coordinators um, to head coaching jobs and then trying to fill that fill those positions as as best as possible as quick as possible, um, I can see you know that Brian Johnson coming a mile away. Um, he was a scapegoat, but I, again, I saw it throughout the season. They were not happy with him, and when you start getting the fans and the media to jump the pile on, then they're getting some kind of information from the front office, and it didn't get any better. So. Um, I don't know if I ever became a Brian Johnson uh, fan, so but I'm I'm happy because he looks like me that he's getting another another opportunity. Um, I, I wish him well and, for, for sure. And, yeah, and that's and, and and you read my mind with that because too many times, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see someone that looks like us. They you know when they get one go around the block, you know something breaks left, breaks right, and you never mm-hmm. and you never see him again. So. I wish it was out of the division. <laughs> like, man, if he has success, you know, in our in our division, I'm, I'm going to be kind of mad and and glad at at the, at the same time because you know you just hope that folks can get their just dues and get a um and get a head coaching role, you know, somewhere else in the AFC, yeah. you know, not in NFC. I don't want to see good work in the NFC. I'm already dealing with enough here, you know, as a Cowboys fan. I don't need any more pressure. You know, from that staff, you know, getting getting the job, princess. It's yeah. been hold, one hour. Hold on, yeah, I know. Thomas, Kevin Walker said something in his in in his in his inbox to us, and it was about Michael Jordan and how the NBA doesn't play defense now, and Michael Jordan would score forty points in today's NBA. You know, we go back and forth, and it's not the first time me and Kevin about who's the greatest. But that's not the topic I want to go to. Michael Jordan as a teammate was something to to be desired. Um, and me personally, I have watched in that. 
I've seen it played out, and I've seen it played out up close because I got a chance to see them in practice in their own building. Michael Jordan was a terror in practice with his own teammates. Now, he said that that was to force them to get better and to get to his level. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Michael Jordan, I would have fought every day in practice if he thought that he was the the reason that he needed to make me better. Um, and I've never liked him because of it. Now, got to give him his due. He is probably one of the greatest of all times, but I've never liked him as a person, never. Not even when he played for North Carolina, never. He's never been one of my favorite people at all. Um, I think he's a bully. Okay, just had to get that off my chest, Thomas. You know, I know this wasn't a, a part of a, a running show, but that's something interesting, you know, very interesting that you stated. I remember um, hearing the accounts of Allen Iverson, who's my favorite all-time player. Uh, you know, Philly, we love our AI. And when he said mm-hmm. his first time, his first All-Star game, you know, he was with all with Michael Jordan. And he went to Michael Jordan and said, hey, you know, hey, you know, you're my favorite player. He turned around and said, you little shit, if I was your favorite player, why'd you make me look bad? And, and Allen was saying he was taking it back. <laughs> so That's the Michael Jordan I know. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of all, all you need to know uh, uh, about him. You know, some people either love him or hate him. But, you know, his bully tactics and things he got away with, you know, once again, Sometimes when people are so good and they're winning and they're successful, people ignore, you know, they ignore the bad. So that's one thing in our society, sometimes we get caught up, you know, putting folks up as idols. So something could be going on nefarious behind, you know, closed doors, but we don't want to look at that. Oh man, they're so great. They're so great that we're going to ignore everything else. I'm still a fan, even though something's going on that shouldn't be going on. You know what I mean? And and we've seen this in entertainment. You know, you know, with some superstars. I'm not going to go into naming names, but Michael Jordan's not on that level. Bad behavior is bad behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and you got to say, if you're starting a franchise, knowing what we know now. If you're starting a franchise and you just bought an NBA team and Michael Jordan is is um, in the draft, I don't see how you don't take him number one. Knowing what we know now as far as his skill on, on the on the um, basketball court. But there's a lot to be desired off the basketball court. Um, and I don't know as a coach, um, I thought Phil Jackson handled it the best. Um, I'm not there yet. Um, I, I would have kicked Michael off a long time ago and forsake winning because his personality wouldn't have matched with my personality at all. I don't like bullies. And if you want to be a bully with me, okay, well, let's just go pick it out. Um, I am willing to fight, you know. So, and there's just some, and, and that, was, that was who he was. Um, and he didn't mind um, running up on people in practice and bullying them. I don't, I don't particularly care for that. That's why he's not one of my favorite people. I can't knock his career at all because he was a winner. And he won three and he came back and won three again. But the things behind the scenes makes him just um, not appealing to me at all. 
Um, and, and I guess he'll maybe he's made deals with that. Thank goodness that I never had a teammate, teammate like that. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, folks, you get this extra commentary here. It can only happen at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. Folks, we're now into overtime. You know, it's going to be an all-star weekend. We're talking about the <laughs> legend, you know, Michael Jordan. Um, this man has done so much on and off the court. Um, you know, being a former owner of the of the Charlotte Hornets, um, you know, a philanthropist. You know, he's a member of a, of a mega sci-fi. You know, love him or love him or hate him. You know, the man was the best at at what he at what he did. And I hate the comparison that you know, oh, I'm a Kobe fan. Oh, I'm a LeBron fan. You know. Hey, hey, I'm a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fan. Hey, they were all great, and I don't think I hate yeah. the arguments where you got to tear down one to elevate the other. Kobe's yeah. greatness is Kobe's greatness. Well, he mimicked Michael Jordan. Well, if you remember, it was a guy named Harold Miner. They were calling him Baby Jordan. Not quite. So just because you mimic somebody doesn't mean that you perfect. Kobe Bryant what Michael Jordan was doing and took it to another level in my view. So I would take yeah. Kobe as as my 1B. You know, not mm-hmm. quite Michael Jordan, but Kobe could definitely give it to him. Yeah. And Kobe did give it give it to him. LeBron is the whole another category because LeBron, like we stated, can play all five positions well. He does everything well. He's older now. Doesn't play the defense that he once did, and that's fine. I take LeBron on offense, you know, and, and, and let the defense, you know, he plays in his spurts. But I, I just, like I said, I just hate the, I just hate the arguing that that goes on. Okay, yeah. Jordan won six titles, great. You know, Kareem. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one talks about Robert Ori you know, with his six titles. Yeah, and being and being undefeated in the finals. You know, so championships are not everything. I so the, the folks always will move the basket based upon, you know, the argument. You know, I'm just going to run off on a, on a rant there. But when you start talking Michael Jordan, that has brought me to the whole greatest thing, and and it, it gets on my it gets on my nerves as a, as a Kobe fan. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate doing the show with you. We got a lot coming up on the network. Look forward to it, everybody. Yeah, Go ahead yes, and take right. us out folks, some. <laughs> folks, follow us, up, follow us on social media. I can't tell you how much we post on social media. We definitely um, need your support, and we're going to open up the line so you so you guys can call in, and every show is a call-in show. So, once again, I'm powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio, and you're listening to The Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place, same back channel. Same back channel. God bless the crowd. <laughs> Please. Go, 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 shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck because that's your birthday. Your birthday.